Welcome to Faith and Freedom. We hope to inform, inspire, and encourage you to stand up for faith and freedom as we discuss victories and challenges in the courts, in public policy, and in the culture. Faith and Freedom is brought to you by Liberty Council, a litigation, education, and policy organization. Join us now as we address the latest cultural issues across America and around the world. The Department of Justice is now being asked to censor the truth about so-called gender surgery for children. We're going to be talking about this on Faith and Freedom. I'm Matt Staver, founder and chairman of Liberty Council. Joining me is Holly Mead. You know, Matt, it's really tragic. I mean, these so-called medical associations, which are supposed to advance and protect health, particularly for children, are now asking the DOJ to censor this information, anything that opposes puberty blockers and this surgical mutilation on children. Well, it's not surprising, Tragic. unfortunately, when you do research into the history of some of these professional associations like the American Psychological Association, the American Medical Association, the American Bar Association. You know, take, for example, outside of medicine, the American Bar Association, they came into existence. They wanted to ultimately push accreditation. As a result of the ABA accreditation of the American Bar Association, you know what happened to the black law schools? They were decimated. Oh my goodness. Many black law schools were no longer in existence because of the ABA. There was a very racist history to the origin of the ABA accreditation process. They wanted to eliminate some of the black Law schools, you would think it's a professional association free of ideology. No, it's no. infiltrated with ideology. You take the American Medical Association, and the original magazine of the AMA was done by an individual called the American Medical Association. How did it get a lot of its funding? Through ads from what source? Pharmaceutical companies. So from the very beginning, the pharmaceutical companies have had a major influence on the American Medical Association magazine that then became the Association of Medical Doctors. And if you disagreed with the AMA publisher back then, if you didn't follow that particular guidance or directive, then you would be blacklisted by the American Medical Association magazine publisher. Well, yeah. now we have this. And even before this, we've had the American Psychological Association saying to counselors, that we want to have your license um, challenged if you provide counsel to clients wanting to have counsel to overcome unwanted same-sex attractions, gender confusion, or behaviors. They're after our children. And here we have the American Academy of Pediatrics, the American Medical Association, and the Children's Hospital Association now jointly writing a letter to the Department of Justice demanding that the DOJ investigate and even arrest anyone or prosecute anyone who opposes administering harmful puberty blockers to children and performing sur surgical mutilations on them. And also using big tech companies such as Twitter, TikTok, and Meta to facilitate that censorship. Yeah, they actually say that they've also reached out to big tech to actually require that censorship. Uh, the three organizations also are calling on big tech companies, Twitter, TikTok, and Meta, which is Facebook, to, quote, do more to prevent coordinated campaigns of disinformation and to take bolder action when false information is shared about specific institutions and physicians. Now, 
What are they referring to? Well, there's been a number of institutions that have been highlighted. Matt Walsh, for example, and the Daily Wire have highlighted Vanderbilt because they were, and others, promoting these uh, puberty blockers and or hormone treatments and or surgical interventions for these individuals who have, quote, gender dysphoria, close quote. In other words, confused about their gender, wanting to mm -hmm. have hormones and or surgery so that they could identify or appear as the opposite gender or no gender. It's not always a, a boy wanting to be a girl or a girl wanting to be a boy. It may be wanting to be both or wanting to be neither. But you see the bottom line here, Matt. I mean, the, the so-called sex reassignment surgery market in the U.S. was valued at $1.9 billion, with a B, dollars in 2021. It's now expected to expand at a compound annual growth rate of 11.23% from 2022 to 2030. And of course, they're even doing these, they won't tell you publicly, but they're even doing these on minors, those who are under age 18. So you see their agenda here, the more positive they can talk about it, the more children they can get to mutilate, the more money they make. Well, you know, when you have an adolescent or teen that is now wanting to take a puberty blocker. A child. A child. And they take a puberty blocker so that their estrogen and or their testosterone is suppressed. There are significant consequences to that, including infertility, including bone density, including other kinds of health problems. Well, those drugs are meant for prostate cancer, not for that purpose at all. So right. there's going to be side effects. Yeah, they're, they're meant for specific reasons, but they're not meant because somebody says, I want to suppress my production of certain hormones so that I can slow it down and then eventually start taking the opposite kind of hormones so that I can identify as the opposite sex, for example. Ryan Anderson, Ph.D. and president of the Ethics and Public Policy Center, said that sex reassignment doesn't work. It's impossible to reassign someone's sex physically, and attempting to do so doesn't produce good outcomes psychosocially. Dr. Paul McHugh, he is a distinguished service professor of psychiatry. He was chief at Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine. He wrote, quote, transgendered men do not become women nor do transgender women become men. All, including Bruce Jenner, become feminized men or masculinized women, counterfeits or impersonators of the sex with which they identify. In that lies their problematic future. So these so-called medical organizations are not only promoting delusion, but also medical fraud. It's medical fraud and, frankly, abuse. I mean, you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts, listening to a podcast regarding lobotomies, and the person who was doing lobotomies, it sounds grotesque, and you, and it is grotesque, and you joke about it now as the outlier, but a lot of people accepted it back then, and what he was doing was taking an ice pick and mm. putting it through the tear duct of oh your goodness. eye. Oh, my goodness. As so that he could then manipulate the frontal lobe and move the end of the ice pick to disconnect certain parts of your brain that might ultimately resolve your psychological issue. Wow. Um, 
if you go back to President John F. Kennedy's sister, she had one of those lobotomies. Oh. She became disabled for the rest of her life. It is the reason why President Kennedy then took a very negative view against the psychiatric facilities that were housing people, and he ultimately essentially shut many of them down, and a lot of those people that were suffering psychological conditions that did need some help had no place to go. Many of those became homeless. If you go back to the history of this back in the 1960s, it's because John F. Kennedy's sister underwent one of these lobotomies. Oh, and he then took a very negative view of what was happening. Obviously, lobotomies were horrendous. But there were people in the medical community that opposed it. There were people that supported it. Mm. Now nobody supports it. When you look at you know, Dr. Paul McHugh, he is or was chief of psychiatry at Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine. That's the university that first did SRS or what they call sex reassignment surgeries, these mutilating surgeries with hormone treatments. And then they stopped doing so because they found that there was increased risk of suicide and no benefit. But Paul McHugh said, and it may sound crass, but he said, you don't give liposuction to an anorexic. If somebody looks at the mirror and their body image is one that they believe to be overweight, so they're going to purge or they're going to diet so that they can lose weight, yet they're emaciated already, and they come to you for treatment, you look at the problem, and the problem is not their actual physical body image, it's what's going on in their mind that makes them think that they need to lose more weight. You don't give them liposuction to satisfy their confused mind. You try to do mental behavioral modification and intervention. But what's happening with this is, in fact, you go directly past the, the mental and behavioral issues that people are struggling with, right to mutilating your body, that becomes irreversible. The suicide rate is astronomical by those individuals who have gone through this process. We need to stand up and speak for our children and speak for truth, and we need to secure the rights of our students and strengthen parental rights in this area and speak the truth. For more information, go to Liberty Council's website, lc.org. You've been listening to Faith and Freedom, brought to you by Liberty Council. We hope that we have motivated you to stand up for your faith, family, and freedom. Get informed and get involved today. Visit Liberty Council's website at lc.org.